Every day you wake up to something new Whether that be a challenge or a new opportunity And let me tell you, that's a great thing Now you gon' have some battles You'll get your wins and you'll have your losses But no matter the outcome, there's always light at the end of the tunnel Alright, let's go Grinding every day cause I gotta get it Wake up from my dream cause I'm trying to live it Make my own lane, don't care if I fit in If I want something I do it, no I'm never quitting now Honor my path, reaching my goals no matter how Bring on the wrath, promise ain't nothing gon' knock me down Tell me can you feel the vibe yet? This the encouraged mindset Welcome to another episode of Encourage Mindset. Alongside me today, I have another guest in Greg Davis. Greg is going to share us a little bit about his backstory. I'm super interested to hear about it. Greg, why don't you fire away and excited to have you. Hey, thanks, Ethan. Happy to be here. I grew up in the restaurant business and, you know, my grandfather had been in the restaurant business. My father had been in the restaurant business. You know, when I was a young kid, I was really into cooking. I'm still into cooking. I still love the business, but Essentially, you know, my career started, you know, in and when I was in high school, uh, you know, I was busting tables and then I kind of went into washing dishes for a while, worked in kitchens, waited tables, ended up running restaurants. So by the time I was probably 18, you know, I was in, in management and running restaurants. And I was fortunate because we had a business that I could grow up in. I learned a lot working in restaurants. It's a very fast economy. You know, so it, 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 the communication runs fast, the experience with the customers run fast, uh, everything just, it's a 45 minute encounter, whereas in the business I'm in today, you know, our encounters with customers from start to finish in the acquisition process, so the process by which we buy and sell, if you will, it could be 45 days. In the restaurant business, it's high velocity and it happens at every 45 minutes and kind of turn the table over. So you really get a pretty good handle on a broad set of the market. And that's how I grew up. And that's what I planned on doing my entire life. Shortly after I got married in 1995, one of my employees came through the back door with a gun, killed a couple of people in one of my restaurants, and then everything changed. I had kids and my optics on that business were completely different than they were the day before. You know, I had two dead bodies. I had, you know, another one of my employees was shot. It had all been done by someone that worked for me. And so that just sent, you know, there's two flavors of that. And I'll, I'll spare the personal story of that, which was traumatic and hard and takes a long time to get over, but just sticking to the business side of it. And, and in your head, both of those things need to be balanced and have to work together. But on the business side, you know, that created a lot of complexity for me, both in, as a very young man. So I was, I just gotten married. I was probably 25 years old, but number one, you need to get the environment back to a safe position. Then you need to take care of your staff. Then you need to think about, you know, what are you going to do to work your way out of this kind of crisis? And so, you know, between 95 and 1997, that's really what I was doing with my life. And I, I was pretty young. And then through that process, you know, a couple of things happened. Number one, it changed my optics on how I think about safety in the workplace. And, I, and that still holds true to this day. And that's not all centered on a concern over violence. A lot of that's just about just general safety. How do we work together? You know, how do we create an environment where people feel safe to express their ideas, where they're, you know, that kind of thing. The other thing is it got me out of the restaurant business. <laughs> like I said, there's, there's no possible way that I'm going to go forward in this business. It's time for me to move. And that really is what shifted me into technology. And so kind of leaving that sort of backstory behind about the transition 
uh, and, and, you know, I had never really thought of doing anything, nor had I prepared myself academically to do anything outside of the service industry. And that's just kind of where I was and what I was doing. Well, you know, in, in 97, 98, when I kind of made the decision that I was going to go in another direction, I, you know, I was opportunistic. I wanted to make money. I wanted to work in the daylight hours. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be, I didn't necessarily want to be in a building where people could come in. You know, it took a long time for me to get really comfortable with that. Uh, and that led me into technology. The things that I learned when I was working in the restaurant business were amazingly applicable to my career in technology. Absolutely. No crazy story. I mean, we, we kind of grew up a little bit in the same way. I mean, I was forced to go get a job at 14 years old. And, you know, my first job was at the novels of Hollandtown, bussing some tables. And eventually they're like, hey, you know, you like to talk to people. You're awfully chatty in the dish room. Let's get you waiting some tables. So exactly switched up eventually. But wow, very tragic personal story you went through. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I'm sure you, you battled some demons in your mind, you know, constantly through that. So, um, yeah, certainly. What'd you kind of do to motivate yourself after that situation to realize, you know, I, I feel like maybe even getting out of bed sometimes could have been hard for you. So, you know, I've been asked that question uh, along the years. First and foremost, getting motivated within the same business that I was in. So the name of the business was Calendars Restaurant and Bar. Uh, how do you ever turn and get serious about things like the quality of the food again? How do you get serious about service and how do you get serious about the small things? And I think the answer to that, and, and I still apply all these things I learned when I was younger, I still apply today. Setting the emotion aside, you, you have to look at things through the lens that's filtered with the guest best interest. If you're going to be in business, you've got to think about the customer and what the customer wants. And so if you build your day and apply your skills and you apply your effort to satisfying the needs of your customers and you operate in the service of your customer base, then, you know, you tend to have the appropriate level of focus on things like the quality of the food and that kind of thing. But it was very difficult in, you know, I was motivated because everyone else wasn't, you know, I had to get the whole, a group of people and it was a more of a leadership thing. Um, and then I was motivated to go do something else. And now I'm motivated to, you know, support, you know, there's still a lot of grieving folks around that situation. Um, but, but, you know, I think the, the key thing for me, you know, direct answer to your question is I'm motivated by the interest of the customers that I serve and that's never changed. That's, that's a good way to look at it. And especially in a business sense. And then in the personal sense, like I get that experience. And then obviously like you, you grow up and now you're a business owner and you went through being a business owner. And now like, what is your best advice of growing a business? Well, I, you know, I think, so I'm not an academic, if you will. And so I sort of, um, deal with things that are underfoot based on the environment around me. But there are things that that consistently hold true as it relates to just management principles. And one is you, know, you need to be in, in adaptable. You need to have adaptability. You need to be flexible and, you know, things change, in particular in the technology in industry. And so, you know, to run an effective management team, you really need to be, you know, you really need to be able to adjust on the fly because that's the nature of innovation, how that, how that works. Key to anything is, you know, you need to be somewhat flexible. The second thing is 
you know, talent acquisition and development and the people that you surround yourself with are super important, both in terms of what they do for you emotionally, what they can do for you in terms of, you know, sort of moving the needle, whether that's a sales, whether that's, you know, waiting tables, whether it's running a bar, whether it's running a technology company, a division, an HR function, running the finance organization, whatever you're doing, the people that are in that are, are super important. And so, you know, when I, and I tend to what I do in my role now is I'm building management teams. And so whenever I do, I'm trying to put management teams that, that understand the importance of assembling a talented and a diverse work, workforce. Um, and so this concept of, you know, I'm adaptable, I can accommodate innovation. I've got a great team around me that, you know, is skilled in what we need to do, but they're also committed to continual learning and continual development. And so if I have those two things, then, you know, the last sort of leg of the stool, if you will, is really about product market fit. You have to have strategic vision and what it is that you're trying to do. And you have to have the ability and the understanding for how are we going to execute against our strategic vision? And the direct answer to what you're saying is I think you need to be, you know, you need to be adaptable. You need to be surrounded by a group of people that can help you, that are in support of you and, and everything that goes along with that. And you need to have a purpose. You need to have, you know, this is the target that we're aiming at and then understand how to get there and be flexible along the way because the line's never straight. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you do to find those things? Was it just being thrown into the fires right away? Or what did you do to find, you know, your sense of purpose and your belonging and your mission statement and the way that you want to conduct your life to be? So I don't, you know, whatever happened before 95 and I, I don't talk about the, the the what i refer to as the murders on perkins road I, I don't talk about that very often it comes up in these kind of situations but there's definitely a threshold between how i thought before which i can't necessarily relate to and sort of how i think about things sort of post that event and the, the main thing is that is this concept of creating an environment where people are safe and so if you start to think about what does it take to be safe? Well, number one, you need to know where you're going. You need to understand, you know, what things could kind of come at you from a lateral perspective that might surprise you on your route from getting to point A to point B. You can't be surprised. You can't be under pressure. And you need to be able to express yourself intellectually. And so what I've tried to do literally for the last you know, 20, 25 years is to create a very an intellectually safe environment, a financially safe environment, a uh, physically safe environment. And overall, just a professionally safe environment. So you, know, you don't want to surprise someone with a change. You don't want to surprise someone with a termination. You know, the, anything like that that causes people to feel uncertain tends to draw down performance. And so what I'm always looking to do is to try to increase, increase the performance of the people on the team. So first off, I want to create a safe environment. The second thing, which I think is core to what you asked me, is I'm motivated, you know, as I told you before, what's driving me? honestly, is the development of people. It's very difficult to come off of a, a, you know, out of a kitchen and into a boardroom along that journey. You know, a lot of people have to look out for you along the way. You have to be given a lot of opportunities and then you need to apply yourself, you know, in a pretty hardcore sort of way on a day-to-day basis to be able to do that. I want the same for everyone. You know, so when I got to Big Leaf, I inherited a staff, you know, there's always you know, there's always very skilled people in the corners of these businesses that have no idea how talented that they are. And they have no idea and they haven't been given the opportunity to shine. And they don't even necessarily know how to shine. But I've been around for a while and I understand what it looks like. And so if I can create a safe environment that gets people to pop their head up and show their strengths, 
And then I can help them develop their strengths to do what I'm doing and, you know, and, and get or whatever it is that, 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 that they want to do with their career. That's, that's really the key. And that's what's motivated me. And that's been the driver for me for, for decades, seriously. Yeah, that's an awesome answer. So you said you've been, you know, a part of leadership teams and been in a leadership position the last 25 years around that. So what do you view as like the definition of leadership and how do you conduct and view leadership? Leadership needs to set the stage in a very fixed way about where we are going as a group. This is, you know, we're going from point A to point B. What's the aim? What does clarity of mission look like? What does success look like? I want things to be very, very, very clear. So if I can create a clear, a clear target, if I can ha- assemble the people and give them the flexibility to move and create that safe environment, then it's just a matter of, a, of attacking the, you know, that kind of the first thing I mentioned, which is the adaptability. As we hit bumps in the road, as we find barriers to market or barriers to change, and I'm dealing with this today. You know, we made a big investment in a partnership and that partnership is not working out just yet. So we're having to make some adjustments to what we're doing. We have to make some adjustments to our financial models and we're having to kind of rethink some things. So the process by which you slightly shift the compass heading, so to speak, and how graceful you are about doing that and maintaining that, that, that kind of, hey, we're all safe here. Everything's going to be fine. We're doing this the right way. That really is key you know, to the whole leadership thing. The, the other thing is consistency. So what would you say to somebody listening to this podcast that's afraid or, you know, they talk about just like, you know, I want to put myself in uncomfortable situations to, you know, learn, grow, uh, you know, you know, be flexible, adapt, change, but also become like a better self and a be- better version of myself, whether it's, you know, personal life, professional life, whatever. What would you say to somebody that's right now maybe just too afraid to take those steps? So I think the, the first thing that I would tell anyone that's starting out is get comfortable with the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable at times. The system is designed. When you go ask for a vacation, when you go talk to someone about a raise, generally speaking, that's not a real comfortable, there's just not a real comfortable stage to do that. So that's kind of number one, which is lower your level of concern. And the second thing is, and I learned this, uh, out of necessity, distill things down into their practical application. Like, what is it that we're trying to do? So I think about our business. We facilitate internet connectivity. Essentially, what I'm trying to do is help people be able to run their business on the internet. But fundamentally, it's I'm trying to help people get haircut appointments scheduled. I'm trying to help people get food delivered. I'm trying to help people get a dermatology appointment in the Valley of Texas when the doctors are in Houston. How do we facilitate that? And so when I think about business, I think about it through the context of what exactly are we trying to do and for what customers are we serving? And I think the same could be true for for people entering, you know, younger folks or people that are changing careers, don't let the complexity of a business scare you out of its practical, you know, scare you off from its practical use case. Just think about it fundamentally. What's the exchange between the value proposition and the customer? And if you understand that and you understand how you fit in it, then speak up and be bold and lean in and go do what you want to do. The last thing that I would say that was given in advice to anyone if you don't know what it is that you're looking for, the chance that you're going to find it is pretty low. There's a chance that you're going to find something that you weren't looking for that may or may not be a good thing that could turn your head. I encourage everyone to do that. Sit down and think through what exactly is it that you're looking for. And there's things that that are intrinsic and there are things that are not. But you, all of that should be applied. You know, what exactly am I looking for? And if you can 
you know, nine box that or whatever and get it distilled down into exactly what it is you're looking for, chances are you're going to find it. I love that. I love that. That's a great answer. And any other takeaways that you want to share about personal um, well-being or positivity, you know, you know, quote that you've lived by anything like powerful that you want to share before we end the podcast episode today, Greg? So I think this concept of reflection, so I use headspace. I'll use that as an example. I got to it much later in life. I think the, the, it's in everyone's best interest to carve out 10 minutes a day to sit and reflect internally. And I think that is very good for all of us, but I think it's good for the people around us. So, you know, one thing I, I would tell everyone is, is, is focus on your headspace. Focus on where you are. You know, a lot of people wake up in the morning and we start thinking, I'm under pressure over here. I'm under pressure over there. I need to do this. I need to do that. Tap the brakes a little bit and think through, how am I going to present myself to all this? Not what's coming at me, but what am I pushing out? And then use that. And then the other thing is, it doesn't matter. I had this conversation with my daughter last night. Uh, And she's in the workforce. She's 26 and works in, in technology as well. Everyone's equal. My role and what I have doesn't give me the advantage over someone that's in a different position. And it shouldn't be that way. So, so, you know, have, you know, have your headspace, right. But then, but make sure that your relationships are balanced personally and professionally. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Yeah, grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Yeah, grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Wanna make it happen? Well, it all starts with you. Start with flipping the mentality, making visions reality. Screw all the practicality, wasn't meant for normality. Time to unlike the beast, so bring out all of your savagery. All in every day, how it has to be.